to just play. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Can't wait! Good morning and welcome. It is Coffee and Sports. It is the morning show powered by Sports Empire Network. Thank you so much for making us part of your morning routine, whether you are on YouTube or Facebook, or maybe you're watching us live on Roku TV right now. Thanks to Northeast Streaming Sports. We are happy that you are with us today. I am Chris, and of course, that over there is Mo. Mo, how are you this morning, sir? Doing great on a hump day. Just ready to talk some more sports. Well, we got a big show planned today. We got Will coming on a little bit. We're going to talk some NBA stuff. We got Gene coming on after that. We're going to discuss some football things. But, Mo, we're going to start somewhere. And, you know, I I was putting the show together last night, Mo, and I said to myself, I can't open with this because people are just going to think that I just hate the Buffalo Bills. And maybe, maybe I do. You don't? (laughs) Maybe I just hate (laughs) The Buffalo Bills. But, Mo, this this, this really did bother me. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. But Buffalo, Bills Mafia. This actually has nothing to do with the actual football team. This has to do with the entire fan base. So, Bills Mafia is, and maybe it's a, a title they give themselves. I'm sure most fan bases outside of, like, you know, Jacksonville uh, probably feel that they are the best fan base in the NFL. I think most fan bases would would feel like they have a stake to that title. But for whatever reason, Bill's Mafia feels that they are head and shoulders above the majority of the other fan bases. And most members of Bill's Mafia will have no issue telling you that, Mo. And I will give credit where credit is due. Uh, There's a couple reasons for this. One, uh, there aren't many other fan bases that are putting themselves through flaming tables on a regular basis for funsies. Uh, like the Bills Mafia does. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty unique. Uh, I don't know if that's dedication to a football team, but it's it's something, and I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, also, Bills Mafia does this really cool thing, and it happened a couple of times last year. Uh, it has happened a couple of times this year where they will rally around a cause, and Bills Mafia will go out, and they will just raise a bunch of money for whatever said cause is. And they've done it for... Uh, foundations that quarterbacks that they've beaten have supported. Um, they've done it for other players on other teams. Obviously, they've done it for players on their own team when they faced some situations. So that's really cool. And then, you know, they do things like show up in droves of thousands at a time to shovel out their own stadium because, you know, who do, who doesn't want to shovel before they go to a football game? Right, right. So, Mo, the privilege. There's a lot of good things about Bill's Mafia, and most sure. of them I, I think are fairly deserved. But, Mo, here, here is where I have an issue. And I have an issue because, in my opinion, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, you don't get all the accolades if you are also not going to own up to the nonsense. And we talked a little bit about this earlier in the week. Uh, and last week we talked about the snowballs. All right. Right. And it wasn't just it wasn't just snowballs thrown at Patrick Mahomes and the fan that he was trying to visit. It was snowballs thrown during both playoff games into the end zone when the other team was going down there trying to score. That's nonsense, right? How about when your kicker, Tyler Bass, has to deactivate all of his social media accounts because he's getting death threats? Because fans are looking up where he lives and they are posting publicly where he lives so people can go do crap to his home because he missed a kick in a playoff game. And I know, I know what Buffalo Bills fans are saying right now, Chris, come on. We're not the only fan base. I I know you're not, but you're the most recent to do it. And you're one of the loudest fan bases talking about how great you are as a fan base and how you are shoulders above the other fan bases in the NFL. And you, you get the good with the bad. I, I know, Mo, I know what they're going to say. Well, you, how, how are you going to take a fan base of 
millions and something that, you know, a couple thousand people. That's not, that's not how this works. That's not how this works, right? If take a look at, you know, the, the donation stuff. The last time the Bills made a big donation earlier this season, I think it was like 13,000 Buffalo Bill fans came together and they raised like half a million dollars. That's great. 13,000, Mo, is a very small percentage of the Buffalo Bills fan base as a whole. Right. So you want to be put on the pedestal because a very small percentage, 13,000, did something amazing on behalf of your fan base. But when nine or 10,000 people are making death threats to your kicker, now it's, oh, it's just a... It's just a small percentage, Chris. You need to calm down. It doesn't represent the entire fan base. For me, Mo, that, that's where I have an issue. That's where I say you can't have it both ways. And I'm not trying to say Buffalo Bill fans are terrible fans. What I'm saying is you need to embrace the good and the bad with your fandom. And you can't just disconnect the parts you don't like by saying, well, it was a very small percentage of us that participated in that. So that's not really a reflection of us. Okay, well, it was a very small percentage of you that donated your hard-earned money to the causes exactly Mafia donates money to. Don't act like when Bills Mafia donates money, it's literally, you know, 8 million Bills fans all given five bucks. That would be great, but that's not the case. It's a very small percentage. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. For sure. But when a small percentage does great things, Mo. We can't elevate the entire fan base. And then when a small percentage does terrible things, we can't just ignore that because we don't like the new narrative that it creates. And to me, if you're part of that fan base, like you said, Chris, then you call out the bad stuff. You call out the bad stuff. If you're not one of those people who are doing those terrible things by putting out death threats and wanting to go to his home, um, I guess, to throw things or whatever. Whatever you're going to do if, when you get there. Right, right. Whatever you're going to do when you if – you're, if you're not one of them but you're aware of it, then call it out. You know, call it out. Shame those people and say, hey, we don't do that. We don't do that. He's one of our guys. He's one of our players. He missed a kick. He'd been great for us all season long. He missed a kick. Maybe when he comes back next season – He'll make a game-winning kick. It, that, there's a balance in sports, but what we don't do is we don't turn and attack somebody. It, that's as classless as it gets. And you're doing it to one of your own, and that that that's just shameful on a whole nother level. And it's funny, Mo, because, again, we're talking about a small percentage of fans. Well, the small percentage on the other side came together and donated $100,000 to Tyler Bass's favorite charity. So again, you know, it, it's funny because That's you wonderful. have it's wonderful. You have these different pockets, but at no and, and maybe it's just Mimo. I don't know. I I throw things during Dolphin games. All right, <laughs> my wife knows clear the coffee table off in front of me. If there's a water bottle there, I'm probably gonna chuck it if things don't go the way I want them to go. I am that guy. Okay, never have I thought to pick up my phone and go find a player on social media. And make death threats when they lose a football game. I've never once even thought about doing that. And for me, Mo, and maybe I'm just too much of a logical person. The process of, I just watched something happen on TV that I don't like. He missed the kick. God damn him. You have one job, kicker. Put it through. You then pick up your phone. You are typing in Tyler Bass's name on Twitter to go find his account. It takes a couple of seconds to load up. Now it's loaded up. Now you're going to go touch the screen to like all these things are happening and you haven't calmed down. You haven't said to yourself, nah, I shouldn't do that. I'm mad. I'm devastated. I'm not going to go make a death threat to this guy. I'm not going to go put out into the world that I'm threatening bodily harm to a person I've never met in my entire life. Like no part of you. And it's not just like 10 guys. It was literally tens of thousands of comments he was getting. Like, I don't know. For me, Mo, I look at it and I'm like, I, I say, like, all the time in our group chat for the Empire, I'll type things and be like, ah, it's not worth it. 
Not going to send that comment. <laughs> don't don't want to get into that conversation. I do it all the time. Uh, that's like, funny. <laughs> when, I do, when I post stuff in the group chat, there's like six other things I didn't post because I typed it out and I was like, ah, it's not right. worth it. It's not, not worth my time. And Mo, none of those are death threats. No. <laughs> none of those are me threatening to go kill people. So it, it's it's interesting. But I the message of my rant this morning was you have to accept the good and the bad you when do. it comes to fandom. And I, I have an issue with fan bases that try to ignore the idiots that are a part of your fandom and pretend they don't exist. You can't change it. I'm not saying you can. But I have an issue with Bill's Mafia that's going to put themselves on a pedestal and just pretend that things like this don't happen when they clearly do. Right. And and there's a balance, right? We're not, we're not making a blanket statement and saying all yeah. Bill's fans are like this. All I'm saying is, I think you're saying is, if you're not one of those that are doing such things, at least take a moment to call them out and say, hey, we don't do that. That's wrong, period. Um, you want credit for the great things you do with the charities and the donations. And that's all amazing stuff and, and credit to you guys. But there is a dark side to fandom that I think we can all agree on. And it's hard to rein it in. I, I understand that. But when you see it, when you're aware of it, say something, do something. We're in this era now because of social media where if I get mad when I was a kid, I was just mad and I would keep it moving. And actually, even now, when I'm mad about a result in the game, you don't see me go on there and go, that guy lost. I just I'm not built like that. I'm just mad. Um, and my wife knows when I'm mad, but I don't, and I don't throw things anymore because, you know, <laughs> that's that line why we can't have nice things um <laughs> i i go upstairs and the funny thing is what i do now and probably some people in here who are listening can relate i, I actually go upstairs i fume for a little bit i turn on madden and then i start reconstructing the team the way i want it constructed <laughs> and that gives me some kind of satisfaction i like that i like that a lot mo all right, before we get to some NBA stuff, uh, one more thing I want to touch on for the NFL real quick. We got some jersey changes coming in the 2024 season. It has all been but confirmed that the New York football Jets will be going back in time and making their 80s retro look from this season their regular uniform oh, wow. for the 2024 season. There were some mixed reviews on it, apparently from New York Jets fans during this season in 2023, but apparently it's going to be a thing in 2024. Uh, another team that is making a big change to their uniform design are the Houston Texans. Uh, the Houston Texans apparently are going to be rolling out four different uniform concepts right around the time of the NFL draft. They will be implementing the baby blue, powder blue look, if you will, from the Houston Oiler days. That's going to have some sort of an impact on their new uniforms. And I we're actually being, love that. Right? The, youth, the the old Houston Oiler, we're talking about Bum Phillips, Earl Campbell. Those were awesome uniforms. And we're being told that the, the uniform variations for the Texans are not just going to be same uniform, different color patterns. There's actually going to be some variety amongst each of the four uniforms, which is interesting because that's not something that's currently a trend in the NFL right. to actually have four distinct jerseys as opposed to just changing up your color scheme or maybe only having two distinct jerseys. Another team that is making changes is the Denver Broncos. This has been rumored now for a couple of years. Uh, a bunch of iterations have come out of what these Broncos jerseys are going to look like. Nothing has been confirmed. All of the iterations have been debunked. Uh, we do know there are changes coming. There's just been no real information as to what those changes are going to look like. Another team is the Detroit Lions. It was confirmed at the start of the 2023 season that the Detroit Lions did not have new uniforms for 2023, uh, but that was because it was being alluded to the fact that they're going to do something in 2024. They've gone through their five-year waiting period with Nike, which is the minimum requirement uh, when you make these kind of changes. And I think it's a good time for Detroit Mo. The success they're having this season uh, kind of reward fans with something, something a little bit new as we head into the new season. And then there's a couple of rumors out there, nothing confirmed, but there's rumors that the Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans might be changing things up a little bit. Tennessee would make sense 
if Houston is going to do something with the Oilers blue, mm-hmm. that would lead me to believe that Tennessee is probably going to be removing away from that throwback uniform. Uh, I don't know why there's like this war between Houston and Tennessee right. uh, for, for the Oilers jerseys. It <laughs> is what it is. And then there's also rumors with Seattle of doing something more retro um, having to do with their throwbacks as well. But again, nothing has been solidified for Tennessee or Seattle before the other four teams changes are coming for the 2024 season. Mo, Mo, are you a Jersey guy? Are you a, we, I like a new look guy or are you a, let's just keep it the same Pittsburgh Steelers vibe. We don't need to be changing things up. I do like the current jerseys, but there are some things that are classic, right? We recognize the Steelers for the black and gold. That 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 is a classic look. The Raiders in the silver and black. Um, even the Cowboys to some degree. I don't care for them, but that there's a certain look that you equate with that franchise. I don't mind the throwbacks. Like I said, especially, I think the throwbacks work for certain teams better than others. That Houston Oilers throwback would be amazing. If Seattle did a throwback, now you're talking about going back to the Jim Zorn, Steve Largent era, those throwbacks would be fired. Those would be tight. So I, I think it's just dependent upon the franchise. Like some throwbacks are kind of ugly and you don't care for them. Like I don't, and I'm not raining on, on, on Cleveland Browns fans, but I think all their versions of their jerseys have always been ugly, but that's just me. Um, you know, there's only so much you can do with Brown. Uh, so. and, and orange and, and orange I'm, I'm just i'm just saying it it isn't the most imaginative color so it is what it is but you know shout out to browns fans <laughs> all right at this time let's welcome will into the show we're gonna talk a little nba we got a lot of things happening in the national basketball association and we're gonna start to break those down right here on the morning show will how are you this morning sir how are you guys doing this morning morning will how y'all all doing right. Guys, let's start where everyone is starting. There is going to be a new head coach for the 30 and 13 Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they had the second best record in the East. They had the third best record in the entire NBA. Well, apparently their head coach not was losing, but apparently he lost the locker room. He lost the locker room to the point where over the last week and a half, um, the ownership group has been at practice. They've been on the sidelines at practice watching what has transpired in the Milwaukee locker room to the point where they have said, this cannot go any further. Uh, We think if we let it go on past this, it's going to potentially derail our season. We need to make a coaching change. Well, what are your initial thoughts with what Milwaukee has done? Well, first, I don't think this is something that's abruptly just happened. I'm thinking they've been in contact with Doc Rivers for a little bit. You don't make a change like this just out the clear blue. You've had to have previous communications with Doc Rivers about taking his job, engaging engaging what his interest is in the job. So um, I don't find that shocking. Um, and I don't wish anybody harm. Um, I hate to see that brother lose his job. But, hey, it, it was basically amateur hours what it was. Uh, there's rumor there's rumors saying that Lillard had a hard time adjusting to the offense. Um, and the defense, we all knew. After that Damian Lillard trade, Lillard trade, the defense was going to take a hit. We all knew that, but we didn't see it coming to this point um, to where they can't stop a cold. So um, I think it, it is time for a change. Now, I know some people are higher on the Doc Rivers coaching higher than others. Um, shout out to my man, Ticket TV. He's saying the Bucks is going to win the title because of this. I don't know. No, I'm not, not going. I don't think they they're are, not. but I know some people are higher, are higher, are higher up on this higher than others. So, um, does he get the defensive order? I think he does, but I still don't think this. This is a playoff roster that will contend, but I don't think it's a championship winning roster. Well, when this hire was made before the season began, and this this has come out, this is a a confirmed report, this hire was made with the idea, because remember, the hire was made before Damian Lillard was a part of that team. This hire was made with the mindset of they weren't really going to be a championship basketball team this season. Obviously, they weren't, you know, going out saying we're not a playoff team. But what they were really saying is we have we have no issue taking a flyer on our first year head coach who this is the 14th time he is interviewed to be a head coach in this league. Um, right. It's taken him a long time to get this opportunity. We have no issue taking a flyer on him, 
because we don't necessarily think we are going to be a finals team this season. Mo, how is that your mindset when Giannis is on your team? How are you going to sit there with Giannis on your team and internally say, yeah, you know, we'll hire this guy because we're, we're not really a finals team this season. H- how is that the mindset of your organization, Mo? And then clearly they, they trade for Damian Lillard right. and now expectations have changed. And now they're looking at it and they're saying, we are a finals team. We, <laughs> right. We think mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. And had, had we known this months ago, we, we wouldn't have hired this guy. We would have hired someone with more experience uh, to get us to the finals and get us a championship. Who is running this organization, Mo, where you're saying to yourself, we got Giannis. We're not we're not a finals team this year. Let's give him a four-year deal. It's not like they gave him a one-year deal, Mo. It's not like they gave him a one-year deal and said, hey, go prove it, and then we'll, we'll see where we are next right, season right. when we are a finals team. They gave the man a four-year deal thinking to themselves, well, we're not a finals team this year. What? That's not good business, Mo. It's it's not good business, but I would say this. In this situation, I don't think anybody has clean hands. Giannis got Coach Bud fired. Giannis helped handpick Adrian Griffin. That was Giannis's guy. Giannis wanted Adrian Griffin. And he wanted somebody that would coach the team. What Adrian Griffin did, even as a, even though he's a first-year coach, a rookie coach, he came out and he coached them hard, and and he didn't play favorites. And I don't think everybody liked that. He was he was coaching them hard, and we we can all agree, yes, they're not as good defensively. But and I've heard Giannis say it numerous times in post games. What's our what's our identity? What are we going to do defensively? Because we need to get better. Bro, the problem is your team is old. It isn't the coach. It's an old mm-hmm. team. Yes, Damian Lillard isn't a good defender, and he, <clears throat> he is your point of the attack defender. He's not going to do anything, but it's not just him. Brooke Lopez is slow. You, you, you have one of the oldest, slowest, least athletic rosters in the NBA, if not the least athletic. Think about that roster top to bottom. Who are the athletes? There's only one, and it's Giannis. <laughs> They don't have athletes. And what teams are doing this season is they're playing faster and they're making the Bucks play fast. And you could just say, well, let's just slow down the tempo. We'll walk it up and make it more of a grind. The problem with that is one of Giannis's great strengths is he gets a lot of transition baskets mm-hmm. because of what he can do as a unique big. So they don't slow the game down. And <laughs> I, I I saw that there was an art there was an, their article where there were problems internally with Adrian Griffith and players, and and Giannis was angry. He was angry because Adrian Griffith came for his brother. Adrian Griffith said that that Thanos was committing insurance fraud because he shouldn't be in the NBA, and that's a terrible thing to say. Giannis said his brother was being bullied. And look, if he was, Adrian Griffin's wrong for that, and he probably deserves to be fired. Mm-hmm. But but a point of order, he did not tell any lies. And we all know this. If Giannis was not on the Bucks, his brother would not be in the NBA. Exactly. If Giannis gets traded to the Lakers, you can best believe some, some kind of way Thanos is going to be on the roster, even yep. though he doesn't belong yep. on the roster. So I, you, know, I, you know who's going to talk trash then? You know who's going to talk trash then? Bron. He got right. to be on his roster. Right, right. But but I, I'm just making a point. There are no clean hands. I think nope. from the president to the GM, Adrian Griffin, I think he tried to do too much of the first year. I think Giannis, because of what happened against Miami in the postseason, he had too quick of a reaction. They, they, were, they were supposed to go to the finals. And Jimmy Buckets and them sent them home early. And Giannis is like, Bud's got to go. It's Bud. And and now Giannis is like thinking, should have never let Bud go, right? And now they want to bring in Doc Rivers. And and all I'm saying is I can't you, ask either. if you bring in a Doc Rivers, everybody's going to say, well, Doc's a championship uh, quality coach. It's going to put pressure on them. And, and I want to remind people, no coach has lost more 3-1 leads in series than Doc <laughs> Rivers. I, Mo, I, let me I, ask you this. Let me ask you this. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. 
Couldn't you say Doc has 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 had more talented teams than the Bucks and lost? Because if you go yeah. back and look at those Clippers teams, you don't get more talented than those teams. They were young, they were athletic, and he still lost. I I won't disagree with that. I would argue that whatever you think about Ben Simmons right now today, I would say if Doc was the coach that people said he was, he would have found a way to get a better version of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He, he did not help improve Ben Simmons. He he added nothing to Ben Simmons in terms of his, his productivity or anything like that. I think Doc Rivers is a very good coach who's milked that one championship for a long time. Oh, yeah. And we see that in sports all the time. I mean, I mean, you see it in the NFL every day. Sean Payton is just killing that thing. Uh, so you, you so you see it all the time. People just killing that one championship and going off that lure. Well, Shaq said yesterday that it doesn't matter who you bring in to coach this team. Dame doesn't play defense. And the question, the the question in Shaq's mind was, is a coaching change going to change the effort on the defensive side when you have players who, like Mo said, are a little slower, are as athletic, and have a history of just not playing defense? Is the coaching change going to magically fix all of that, in your opinion? No, because you are what you are. You're an older player. And like Gene just said in the chat, shout out to my man Gene. Gene, what's up? Um, Doc has never been an X's and those guys. He's more of a rah-rah guy. Let's go. Let's move it. Let's get it in gear. That only works for so long. And when you're an older player who is not accustomed to playing defense, no matter what coach you bring in there, it might a temporary effect, maybe three, four games. But after that, you're going back to be who you are. And that's why I don't know. I, I don't get why they made this higher judging this man's track record. Bring hey, a doc in. I don't get it. it, I, would it my, I would have swallowed my pride, Mo. Right. And go back and get and go back and get booting hoses where I would have made that pick. I, I, we we made a mistake, bud. We, we made, made a mistake. <laughs> we made a mistake. I'm sorry. Can you come on back? Well, I would have swallowed my pride but... and did that. The re- and add the some reality. zeros. Swallow yes. pride and add some zeros. De- yes. Definitely, definitely, Chris. Add some zeros. The bottom line is unless they're going to add some young perimeter legs to help defend better on the perimeter, that Doc won't change anything. And Doc, no. style of, Doc style of being rah-rah, that will, there'll be a honeymoon period, and the Giannis will get sick of that too. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, let's talk Team USA Basketball. They have quite the decision to make on their hands. There are just over 40 players that have been deemed eligible to be on Team USA for the 2024 Olympics. Of those just over 40 players, Team USA is only comprised of 12. So they have to go from 40-plus down to 12 players. Uh, just looking at it, you know there's a, there's a couple of names that are going to be surefire picks of that 12. Um, when it comes to world basketball, you're going to need strong play from the center position. So you know a guy like Embiid is probably going to be on there. You know a guy like AD is going to be on there. Uh, LeBron is going to be on there. You're going to have Steph on there. But that being said, let's take a quick look here and let's start at the wing position because you're looking at a wing position where you're probably going to have, I would say, five or six wings on this team. But here is your list of what you're looking at. You got after, let's, you know, after James and KD, you're looking at Brunson, Fox, Halliburton, Harden, Kyrie, Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Tatum, Kawhi, George, Jimmy Butler, Edwards. Who are you leaving off that team? Or who better yet, who are you putting on that team, Will? Who who, who are your must-haves in that group? Or who are you looking at saying, ah, no, like I, I get it. You're in the pool. I I appreciate you. But I just heard your name, and you're not even in consideration for for my group. Man, that's tough. That that that, that is tough. Um, LeBron James, KD, um, Kawhi. I hate to do it because I'm not his biggest fan. Paul George, okay. and Jason oh, Tatum. I would have went to yeah, Tatum for sure. I would have went Tatum and Jason Tatum. I'm not the biggest fan of Paul George because I don't trust his health. I'm. I'm 
I'm not either. I'm, it's not so much that he's a bad player. He's a great player when he's healthy. But the problem is how long is he going to stay healthy? If you had to go one more wing, who's it going to be? You got Butler, Edwards, Brunson, Fox, Halliburton, Harden, oh, Kyrie. I'm going, I'm going Edwards. We don't have to keep talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's now a dog right there. That's a dog. Let's talk our guards. Curry, Dame, Halliburton, uh, Trey Young, Kyrie, Harden, Donovan. I got a question, and I'll probably get some kickback from this, but I'm going to ask it anyway yeah. about a certain player. Can we get my boy Alice Caruso some love? Mm. Can we get my boy Alice Caruso some love? Come on, y'all. Can, uh, we'll get, can my boy get some, some love? He would get some love if maybe Papa Vigil Larry Brown was a coach. Right. <laughs> but, 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 but he's not he's not he's not he's not cracking the he's not cracking the rock. Yeah, cracking that team. <laughs> I love Alex Russo. Gentlemen, before we get Will out of here, last time we got three minutes to go. Let's talk about this. Kevin Durant. Will Kevin Durant wants to know why aren't you putting me in the conversation as the greatest of all time? KD about a week ago came out and said, listen, I've done it all too. I am top in stats. I have won championships. I have at one point, it was people were saying that I was the greatest player in the league. It was me one LeBron two. And when it was LeBron one, it was me too. He just wants to know, and he's not saying he's the greatest of all time. Mm. He just wants to know why his name isn't in the same conversation with LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Kobe <laughs> Bryant when it comes to being one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Will because he play? hasn't done it because he hasn't done it on his own. He hasn't done it on his own. That's my pushback. When you go back and look at the rings he had, he had two stacked teams. He hasn't done it on his own. He didn't do it with OKC. Even when they had that stacked team in OKC against Miami, what, a decade ago? Mm -hmm. He didn't do it then. He didn't do it with the Brooklyn Nets. And it looks like he, he's not going to do it with the Phoenix Suns, at least not this season. So, Phoenix. no. Until you do it on your own, no. Until you do it as a leader of a team, you will never be in that spot. To be the greatest of all time, you have to be a leader. You have to be a leader. And you look at Michael, you look at Magic, you look at Larry, you look at Kobe. All those players are leaders and have done things on their own with or without a stacked team. And until Kevin Durant does that, no, he 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 won't be in that go conversation. At least he won't be for me. And Mo, time's running out. He isn't a spring chicken anymore. He is getting 35. up there in age. Mm -hmm. uh, my thing is this. Let's start with the obvious. First of all, are you a top 10 player all time? The answer would be no. Nope. If you're not, if you're not even in the top 10. We can't be in the conversation. That's the qualifier round. You got to be in the top ten. Yep. And and guess who's in the top ten? And he's not. Steph is in the top ten. Mm -hmm. Durant's not. So let's start there. If you're not a top ten player, that's one of the reasons why we can't have that conversation with you. And for me, I think going deeper, once you're inside that top ten, you need to have multiple MVPs, regular season MVPs. You need yep. to have multiple Finals MVPs. Yep. If you don't have any of that. And, and and the only guy that I would I would say is I I, I qualified a different way that way would be Kobe, um, because he only has one regular season MVP. But if you if you look at what he did in the finals, if you look at what he did over the breath of the run with Shaq and his impact on the game, and a lot of people get into the whole argument about Steve Nash took us. I, I get all that. What I, what I'm saying about Durant is there's people who actually think Kobe Bryant should be higher in the top 10 who would have him number three they don't even talk about Durant in the top 10 so nope. get there first bro before we have the conversation I do want to say this though real quick I do want to say this I'm not putting the brother down at all he's a he seems to be a good dude um perhaps a hall of famer someday one of the greatest scorers of all time so I'm not here to just denigrate yeah. what he's done for his whole career but yeah. I'm just saying in the context of uh, greatest of all time and being in the GOAT discussion, you have to do more. And like Chris just said, you are not a spring chicken anymore. Time is running out for you. Um, you should, if you wanted that, if you wanted those accolades, I go say in front, you should have stayed with Golden State. You should have. You should have. But Will, let's be honest. Let's say the Suns win the title this year. Are, are you going to see Durant as a top 10 player all time? Nope. No. Nope. 
So even if you look at what Durant could realistically do over the next two or three years before he retires, I don't think there is enough he could do. He would have to win three straight titles and be the be the reason why they won those three titles. And then he'd be like, he would definitely have to be the catalyst to why he won those three titles. Right. If he if he I'm with you guys. If he can add a couple of more titles, it might be a conversation. But I don't see that happening. Me neither. He because because we're looking at three years. He'd be 38. Right. Right. Well, always a pleasure having you on every week, sir. Appreciate you, you Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day. Take care, guy. You too. All right, Mo. We got we got Gene coming in. Gene from Wire to Wire is about to join us. Gene, welcome to the Straight for Field. <laughs> Stop it, man! Wait, I so got the this, shirt made. I got the shirt made. This is why we don't have our cups, Mo. He's over there uh, making first of all. Shirt. Yeah, that's what that's, that's, that's what it why is. we don't got our that's cups. The cups and shirts are being made. All right. Shout out to Cutting Edge Sports Apparel. All right, Cutting Edge, okay. we appreciate you. Gene, welcome to the show this morning, sir. How are you? I'm I'm feeling great. Very, very beautiful morning. Uh, the weather is getting better here in Philadelphia. The snow is drying. Cars in the detail shop. I got wire to wire tonight. How can we, how can we be feeling better? Uh, well, let's start with Philly. Uh, they're, they're cleaning house. Defensive coordinator, gone. Offensive coordinator, gone. Are they going to fire Sirianni? They're not. They're having a press conference today. Sirianni and Roseman are going to have a, a joint press conference today to uh, to announce why they made the changes and the mm. direction of the team. And I said it absolute very minimum. They needed to hire two new coordinators to put around Sirianni, and that's what they're doing, right? Like, I'm not happy. Like, I want Sirianni fired. My profile picture is fire Sirianni. Um <laughs> I want him fired because even if you hire two good coordinators, you're just putting lipstick on a pig. You realize as soon as those coordinators move on to head coaching jobs, you're in the same exact place that you're at right now. I'm not thrilled about it, but it's improvement depending on who they hire. But don't you dare hire Ron Rivera to be our defensive coordinator. That was my next question. I don't want that at all, at all. Why? Why would that even be considered? That just not, not not even on paper, Gene. That's a terrible idea. So Ron's a culture guy, and the Philadelphia Eagles have an absolute culture issue. People play for Ron; they fight for Ron. His his team always has been, you know, Ron Rivera strong, and what what he went through with cancer. I think Ron is not a bad guy to have in the building. I just don't want him as the architect of my defense. Not when there's a Wink Martindale just sitting right there that is ready to get back at his old coach and his old team in the division. You hire Wink Martindale? See, the thing is, the funny thing is this. Wink's probably waiting for that Ravens job to reopen Yep. because okay. Mike McDonald's he's gone out. as soon as they're... Yeah. That's, yeah, right. That's, a, that's what he's waiting for. And it's going to be open, and he, he would be the perfect candidate for that job. Uh, let's talk about this, gentlemen. Head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, under some fire for some coaching decisions that he made or did not make. So for those of you who were not aware, because there, there's also a misconception that the TV screen was wrong. Uh, it, it wasn't. There, there was a timeout left in that game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit had a mental gaffe. They snapped the ball uh, with about 38 seconds left. Uh, which they shouldn't have done. They should have snapped it much lower in the clock. Had Tampa Bay used their final timeout, they would have gotten the ball back after about a 50-yard field goal attempt. Obviously, if they make the field goal, it, it's a moot point. It's an 11-point game. It doesn't really matter. If they miss the field goal, you're now close to midfield. No timeouts. About 30 seconds to go. Down by eight. Who knows, right? Who knows what happens at that point? Gene, Todd Bowles was asked, why didn't you use your timeout? Why didn't you just see how it played out? Force them to take the field goal, see what happens. His quote was, the game was over. The, the, the game was, the game was, Gene, the game was over. Apparently the game was over with 37 seconds to go, down by eight. Uh, it was over. Why, why even bother playing to triple zeros anymore? The game was over. Was it over for you, Gene? If you're a Tampa Bay fan, how are you feeling with your head coach in the playoffs? Oh, the game was over. 
do you think and like this ran through my mind and i don't know if this is like an actual thing but do you think that like todd bowles and dan campbell had like a white flag thing like Todd's like all right that's enough like wave the white flag and that's why detroit kneeled the ball when they did with 14 seconds left on on he the play kind of alluded to that like he, he didn't come out and say it but he kind of alluded to the fact that they acknowledged the, the head coaches acknowledged the game was over, which is also weird to me, Gene, because again, the game, the game's not over. No, no. And, that, and that's why I asked that question because if Detroit wanted to, they could have ran it down to about 18 seconds. Yeah. Now it would have been both times they snapped the ball to, to kneel the football. They kneeled it with not like one or two seconds left on the play clock. Like, I did the math from when it started to when it ended, and it could have been 18 seconds, and then they would have kicked a few, tried to kick a field goal to go up 10 points or 11 points. That doesn't matter. That shouldn't matter. I I don't know. I watched a game that happened in Buffalo where a kicker missed a 41-yard kick. Who's to say that Detroit's kicker, who they just signed two weeks ago, mm-hmm. makes a 45-yard field goal? I don't know if that happens. And what do you ask for in the NFL, especially the last game of the season, right? You ask for an opportunity. You ask for a chance. There's a reason teams run a Hail Mary play or or try to hook a lateral. There's just that you want a chance, right? I felt like that was Todd prematurely waving the white flag to Dan and Dan taking it very literally and kneeling the ball under 40 seconds, knowing that Todd wouldn't call the timeout. I feel like that if they didn't do I felt like they had like a white flag thing, like we're done. And I don't think Todd should have did that. And I think that even if you'd run it down to 12 to 18 seconds and you missed a field goal, you still have an opportunity if you're Tampa Bay. Those players deserved more. That team deserved more. And um, it's not a good look for Todd Bowles, in my opinion. Mo, it's kind of a, a sour note coming out of a really successful season for the Buccaneers. It was a good year for Baker. Uh, they won the division. They win a playoff game. And you look at it and you say to yourself, on my bingo my bingo card for this season, I didn't think we were going to be discussing a coach quitting the game before the game was yeah. actually over. But that's what Todd Bowles did, and that is how they're going into the offseason. Now, I, I've seen the Tampa Bay media. I don't think it's going to be any bigger than what, what it is right now. We're good. But, Mo, again, not a great look for a head coach with the resume of Todd Bowles. And I, it would be refreshing if he just admitted he mishandled those last moments of the football game. It just, I, I, I just mishandled it. I, I could have called a timeout. Who knows what would have happened? Who's to say we wouldn't have blocked it? I don't know. You don't know. That's why you play the game. Um, and but he's not going to do it. He's kind of like he's just standing on what he said. I I kind of think Gene hit it on the head though. Without saying it to each other, I felt like there was like a nod, like you got us. You, you know what I mean? I that's what I felt as I'm watching the game because I'm watching the game and I'm like, what's going on? And I thought, you know, Dan Campbell, must, you know, it's over, right? It's over. I I really think that's what happened. And even if that's what happened. You can't really go up there and go, that's what happened, because that's not a good look either. So I, I think Todd Bowles should just stop talking. I Real quick, I agree with you, Mo. I think Todd Bowles is – so, like, you guys know how vocal and how adamant I've been about hiring African-American coaches. Um, I think Todd Bowles has actually been a negative detractor for that. I don't want him to talk anymore, because the last time he had a huge press conference – they asked him how he felt about him and Mike Tomlin being the only two African-American coaches. And this was like, I guess, nine months ago or a year ago. And uh, he goes, well, I don't look at color. And I think if people stop looking at color, then we would start we would start moving on. Well, if we stop looking at color, we'd have 32 white head coaches. We can't have that, right? Like, that's not – and by the way, bravo to the NFL. I know this isn't what we're talking about, but bravo to the NFL. Gerard Mayo, Tony Pierce, both got hired. Great start to my offseason. I love it. I love it. I'm with you, Gene. Gene, since you opened the door, I I, I, ha- I have things. Sometimes you open doors for me, and I, I give you little tidbits. Uh, Jamil Hill is being dragged through the news media right now for comments that she made three years ago 
in reference to the head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. Um, she went on her platform at the time. I don't know what platform it was. I do not have that here in front of me. But she basically said, and she she took a picture or a video, a snippet from one of Dan Campbell's uh, post-conference interview things. And he, he was he, he was being Dan Campbell. He was being over the top. Uh, he was being what we've come to love him to be in Detroit. Right. Uh, but she basically took a little snippet and she said on Twitter at the time, this is who black coaches are losing their opportunities to video of Dan Campbell. And obviously Dan Campbell has turned out to be a great hire for the Detroit lions and really turned the organization around. And now she is being dragged through the mud these past few days from something that she said three years ago, Gene, I want you to react to, to both things here. Sure. Obviously people in the media that we get things wrong sometimes. I, I, I don't think her, her comments, I have no idea. I'm not her. I don't think her comments were specifically at Dan Campbell saying he was going to fail at his job. I think she was talking broader picture and she just chose to put Dan Campbell's face on that message. Yeah. Um, feel free to agree or disagree. But at the same time, I think that if you are in the media and whether you are a person of color or you are not a person of color, you need to address, just address the actual problem. Don't sidestep it. Don't try to get cute about it because when you don't address it head on, I feel like you open yourself up to these kind of situations where if you just address it and say, we need more black coaches in the NFL, I'm tired of and just blanket statement. I am tired of seeing African-American coaches who are qualified and deserve an opportunity overlooked. If those were her comments three years ago, we're not talking about her today. But she chose to put Dan Campbell's face on it. And here we are. What are your thoughts on that, Gene? She just picked the wrong figurehead. I'm not like, she's not wrong what she's saying. There's like Dan Campbell has a lot of bad sound bites. He does. He He's does. passionate. We love him, but he has a lot of bad sound bites, right? She picked the wrong figurehead. Three years ago, she projected Dan Campbell not to be as good as what, what he is. And Dan Campbell's done a great job revitalizing the culture over there in Detroit. Yeah. But let's not forget the Detroit Lions fired Jim Caldwell coming off a 12 and four season and a 10 and six season when the Lions haven't been relevant in 30 years until now. So, I understood why she chose the organization, but she's right. Her message is right. Look, I don't I I go through these these comparisons all the time. What happened with Rich Pisaccio in Los Las Vegas or Oakland when it was when it happened to Josh McDaniels was a crime. Mm -hmm. What happened to Anthony Lynn to Brandon Staley was a crime. What happened to Jim Caldwell was a crime in Indianapolis and in Detroit. African-American coaches have much shorter leashes in the NFL as far as keeping their job and being fired than white coaches do. Cliff Kingsbury got way too many, way too many years. Matt Eberflus, if he was black, he'd be fired. And I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. That might sound like Brian Flores. You, I understand the situation with Tua, but got fired after revamping a Dolphins organization that started 0-5 and was predicted to lose to the bye week 97 to nothing because that's how bad they were. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick for a first round draft pick. They were in a complete and utter rebuild and he changed the culture in the building. Now, granted, his issues that he had with the quarterback, he might, they might have needed a change of scenery as far as the head coach goes. But this has happened throughout the NFL time and time again. Jamel Hill's point is correct. She just chose the wrong figurehead. Agreed. Gentlemen. <clears throat> The guy, some love him, some hate him, but we're going to talk about him. And that is Nick Wright. Uh, Nick Wright went on his show uh, earlier in the week, and he does this thing. He does the, the the Mahomes Mountain, and he ranks current NFL quarterbacks and where they stand week to week. Uh, but he changed it up a little bit this past week, and he did the all-time edition of Mahomes Mountain with all the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. There are 15 quarterbacks on this mountain. They are broken up into one, two, three, four, five different categories. I'm just going to go tiers, and I'm going to yep. let you both react to each tier, okay? So the bottom tier on Nick Wright's all-time Mahomes Mountain is Bradshaw, Warner, Breeze, Aikman, Lamar. So that's the bottom tier, all-time great quarterbacks. Wow. Let's see where he goes from there, okay? Tier number four, Rodgers. Favre, Staubach, 
Young. Any issues so far, Gene? Five to four. Well, 100% with five. Yeah, I mean, there's 100% issues with five. How you Listen, Lamar Jackson's going to have two MVPs and could win a Super Bowl. You can't put him as a top 15 quarterback of all time. That's how it, that, that's that's crazy. But but I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I, and, and by the way, this is not me not being a fan of Lamar. Don't kill me. I'm a fan of Lamar, but I have to see his career play out right now. Today, he's not a top 15 quarterback. Okay, so bottom tier: Bradshaw, Warner, Breeze, Aikman, Lamar. Just above them, Rogers, Favre, Staubach, Young. Tier three. Good with that. Montana, Marino. Three? Tier three. So they would be they'd be ranked fourth, fifth, and sixth all time. Montana can't be fourth. And Elway Elway Marino can't be fifth. I'm guessing he's gonna go and just before I see it, I know I'm guessing he's gonna go Brady, uh Breeze, Manning, Mahomes. Well, Breeze is in the bottom tier. No, he's gonna go you were close. Breeze is on the bottom of the mountain. I thought, I thought you heard that. Breeze was 15? Yeah, Breeze, well, Breeze I, he's right by Lamar. Yeah. He's right by Lamar. The bottom is Bradshaw, Warner, Breeze, Aikman, Lamar. I missed yeah. Breeze in the middle of that. That's an absolute joke. Yeah. yeah. So I... <laughs> All right. So tier two. Tier two. Yep. This would be your second and third. And I, I don't know which, where he has them, two or three. I guess that's open for debate. Yeah. Uh, but the second tier, two and three, would be Mahomes and Peyton Manning. So he has Patrick Mahomes ahead of ahead of Montana, John Elway, ahead Elway, of Montana. Breeze, That's, Young. Well, having ahead of Breeze is fine. I'm not like saying that like if Mahomes, if you would have put Mahomes seven and project and be like a fanboy and put Breeze eight, I'm not gonna beat you up for it. I have Mahomes three. Sorry, Mo. I'll show no, you. No, no, I'm gonna let G go. I'm I'm just gonna make it quick. I I have no problem because I we we talked about this yesterday. I don't have a problem if you tell me that when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes could be one or two. He could be, but right now today, he's not. You, you're putting him. You're putting him over some iconic quarterbacks, and he's not done yet. And he hasn't reached their status. And when we're talking about all time, not yet. So I'm not. I, I'm not. If, if you're projected, and I'm not killing you, but that's what might happen. We're living in what he's done right now. That's all I'm saying. You're absolutely correct, Mo. Uh, to have Mahomes seven and be like, okay, like I'm a fanboy. I have him seven already instead of eight, nine, or ten. I wouldn't kill you. Breeze has one Super Bowl. Mahomes has two. Mahomes has two MVPs. Like I wouldn't kill you having him seven and Breeze eight. What I will kill you is Joe Montana has four Super Bowls and was the greatest quarterback of all time until the modern day, modern era where you have the Mannings and you have the Bradys that have kind of changed the landscape of the way we look at quarterbacks. But you got to understand that in Montana's time in the 80s and in Elway's time in the late 80s, early 90s, it wasn't a passing league. And what you're doing is you're comparing a wide open league. And this is the same debate you get into with Magic and Michael. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different league. And what Montana did during his time, you can't put – Patrick Mahomes ahead of him like you can't do it and it's it's blasphemy I think Nick Wright's entertaining right and I think the reason he he does so well is because he generates a reaction from people and that's what he's trying to do we're talking about it but there's some things that you just can't cross like earlier this season on Mahomes Mountain he had Caleb Williams as the second best NFL quarterback. Yes, he did. (laughs) I'm like, that's wild. You can't do that. Like, and there's things that like, just, I can't, I can't agree with. And um, that's one of them. I I can't, see my quarterback list and I'll go quick. I won't, is Brady one, Montana two. And then I go into, well, I ask the certain question, how much emphasis do you put on winning? Hmm. Because in my opinion, the third best quarterback would be Matt. Manning, and then I go Marino, who never won. But what, Marino, but what Marino did with a football, I can't blame him for not having like a running game or a great offensive line or a top five defense. Mar- what Marino did with a football, I'll tell you right now, if you put a, a, a target 35 yards downfield on an out route, he'd hit it. 
because like, the way he could throw a football was insane. Like you, people make the argument that John Elway is better than Dan Marino. I'm like, you just just didn't watch them play. Like if you watch both of them play the quarterback position, Marino's better. So that's why I asked, what emphasis do you put on winning? Gene, before we get you out of here, uh, the Royal Rumble Ooh, is yeah. happening on Saturday. I want to get your picks for the men's rumble and the women's rumble. I'm putting it on the spot. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, sure. but let's let's start men's rumble. Who do you like? I, I so first of all, I love love um, that the final two people in that rumble are going to be Cody and CM Punk. Mm. I, it's almost sure that that promo the other night was incredible. Fire. Um, I think that they're going to have Cody win the rumble, and I think they'll line up CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. That's what I think will end up happening. But I think Cody wins the Rumble. And I think it's somewhat of a triple threat match that happens between him, Rock, and Roman. Um, that's my opinion for the men's side. On the women's side, I think it's... It, so this might sound like a little bit of a far-fetched one. But I think Bailey wins. And I think Bailey ends up using her ticket to cash in on EO Sky. And I think that's the end of damage control. Like, I think that you're going to see a few beefs, like a like a civil war, I think WrestleMania will be. Jimmy versus Jay, Finn Balor versus Damian, Bailey versus EO Sky. I like and it, sir. They're going to turn on her, right? I like it. Right? Well, I think the damage <laughs> control is turning on Bailey in Elimination Chamber, and then that's when Bailey will decide that she's going to try to take EO's. And I think Bailey has a face turn, and... um. That's what everyone loved Bailey better as. She's not a great heel. She's annoying, which is great. Like people love to hate her, but Bailey's a ba Bailey's a face. If you've watched WWE for years, Bailey's a baby face. She's a hugger. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gene, what you got going on tonight for Wire to Wire? We got a lot. We're going to talk about the MLB Hall of Fame, and you know, look for being a Phillies fan, I have some really strong thoughts on Andrew Jones not getting in. Um, we're going to talk about the Major League Hall of Fame. we got NFL playoff action tonight. NBA, obviously, you can't miss up on these trades that happen um, and the coach firing. So, yeah, we got we got a, we got a very, very action-packed docket. All right, Gene. We'll see you tonight on Wire to Wire. Thanks for being on this morning, sir. Appreciate you, Gene. Take care. Mo, before we get out of here, we're going to we're gonna stay on the WWE trend. WWE announced this week uh, that Monday Night Raw is moving to Netflix in 2025. It is a 10-year deal. There is an opt-out after five years. Uh, $500 million a year is what this deal is going to produce for WWE. Mo, that means that just their TV deals alone for all of their TV brands is going to produce $1 billion a year just from what they're making from being on TV with these various networks. They're making That's money crazy. over there. That's they are crazy. Absolutely making money over they there take, in they, WWE. They, they buy the WWE, and now the news is that Rock is going to be on the board of the company that bought WWE, yep. right? Right. Yep. Talk, I mean, work. just making power moves. And I read the first thing he said is, I want to build out the brand and go go more worldwide, more now. And I, they're already worldwide, but he wants to go further. Like, WWE is about to blow up to another level in the next few years. And that's, I mean, they've already confirmed. They got Elimination Chamber. I believe it's in Australia. That's happening in a couple of months. Uh, they're doing a couple of other PLEs in different countries in 2024. So if, if you look at it, we, we no longer live in the world, Mo, where it's 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 pro wrestling and it only happens, you know, down in the South right, and right. It's, it's a, it's a U.S. thing it is very much becoming a, a global worldwide accepted form it's kind of crazy of entertainment. I, so I, I grew up when it was a regional, right. When it was more of a regional thing, like it, when it was WWF and, and, and it was really for the people that were the hardcore fans and to see where the, where the, where it is now, it's crazy. And hey, if you're WWE, you love it because you also happen to live rent free in the head of Tony Khan. So you're just doing great things <laughs> across the board. Mo, love great it. show on a Wednesday. Close us out, sir. Hey, thank you guys so much. We always pre appreciate the support. Thank you, Northeast Streaming Sports, for all your support and all you do for us. Check out all the great content Chris and I and the rest of the crew have on Sports Empire Network. 
check out the Empire. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow morning. We're going to start making our picks for championship weekend in the NFL. Make sure you are here for that. Coffee and sports. It's the morning show powered by Sports Empire Network, and we will see you in the morning. I mean, you can see right now without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, guess it is.